morning, everybody. How are you? Happy Thursday. Hope everybody's doing well. Great to be with you again. Great to be back again. I don't take these days for granted, by the way. I really don't. And I don't take you for granted either. So if you're still with me here and we're doing this together, um, I really appreciate you being here. Really, really, I do. I was looking at some of the last year videos and it's just, it's amazing. And I really appreciate that you guys that are around and that are with me. It's, it's Thursday. Tonight's an actual holiday called Lagba Omer. Tomorrow we're going to talk about it. Another spiritual outlet that if we plugged into can make our lives greater and better. So we're going to identify that today. And for those that are going to be watching the Shabbat show, uh, we're going to have a whole show on resilience. So we're going to really try to tap into that holiday. We've been talking, and it's very much what we're talking about. So it all connects with God's help. We've been talking about this concept um, of our roots, of challenge, of understanding it. And I was thinking as I was learning again this great book, the Safer that I was, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly obsessed with, called in Hebrew, Biyamdar Darkecha, uh, and the, the way in the water, it, 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 it's blowing my mind. Um, and yesterday, as you know, as God will have it, we were, he, I was doing the piece about challenge and the what you need to do to get through challenge. And the rabbi brought up this incredible insight that reminded me of my my first year of law school. Where we ended up yesterday really was talking about this concept of allowing ourselves to be comfortable in the uncomfortable and to be uncomfortable in the comfortable, changing our perspective. This is so critical. I was having this conversation today with a friend of mine. We were talking about uh, Talmud. For those, for those that are uh, that have gone through schools that that teach Talmud, for those who ki- whose kids are in schools that teach Talmud, Talmud's a very interesting uh, exercise. The goal of Talmud is not to learn what's going on. Most classes that we take in school, the goal is to get the information to to try to digest it, math understand how to do things, uh, English, social studies, whatever, biology. You got to know what the teacher's talking about. Talmud's not like that. The goal of Talmud is to learn how to think. So if you go to a good Talmud class, the rabbi who's teaching it, the teacher who's teaching it will, will be more happy, will get more excited about a question than an answer. It's an amazing thing. The Talmud will present a problem and the kids will raise their hands and give answers, and that'll be good. But then one kid will say, hey, wait a second. If this is the answer, then doesn't that conflict with what we said earlier? And the teacher will go, ah. Now, the reason why it's so critical is because the goal of Talmud is how to think, and we need to think very critically. Critical thinking is at the core of, of spiritual practice. Because you need to look at the physical world and be like, are you sure? You need to, you can't, God doesn't present himself clearly yet. You have to learn how to think critically to navigate life, to navigate a spiritual, physical world. And Talmud sort of teaches you that. And there's other ways too. You don't have to learn Talmud to get this, but that's sort of a path. And so what we were talking, me and my friend this morning was about how until the teacher starts to judge his excitement based on the questions the kids don't know to ask questions but once the teacher starts getting more excited about the questions than the answers the kids naturally get more interested in finding questions otherwise who's looking for questions 
you ever sit like in a math class and be like, wait a second, wait a second. Because in algebra four years ago, teacher's like, what are you talking about? Did you get you see social studies? There are people sit there in class in social studies and be like, wait a second. Because Abraham Lincoln, when he passed the legislation, and teacher's like, oh, exactly. Thank you. Somebody was able to connect the dots between what took place with FDR to a what I'm talking about FDR. What you... No, some teachers, maybe, maybe the great teachers do that. I'm sure there are plenty of teachers that teach this way and God bless you. And God bless all teachers for that matter. But the point is that once the, 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 the standard once the standard goes from A to B, our brains incline towards wherever the social acceptance is. We did this before. It's called trophies, right? We naturally want the trophies of our micro society. It's an unbelievable thing. And I see these people all the time, all the time. They'll come from neighborhood one, and in neighborhood one, the trophy is, let's say, academic success, where in this neighborhood, if you get a job in a corporate firm, you sold out and you're trying to publish your thesis and do research. And it's not about the most high paying job. It's about pushing your mind. And those people, I've seen this, move to communities where wealth is more celebrated. And before you know it, they start having different goals. I'm not judging either of those two goals. I'm just mentioning how the mind shifts based on the society that you create. I see this with religious stuff. People are, they, they have a certain level of religious practice, interest, belief, time, and attention. And they move to other communities where that's not seen as important. And they have new groups of friends that don't see that to be valuable. And slowly they just don't think it's valuable. Well, is it or isn't it valuable? Is it being the professor or being the managing director? I see this with even thinking. One person is here and they are a staunch, you know, political ex. And they move. And I don't just mean they change their beliefs. I mean they change their goals. They change their worldview. We have to appreciate that the trophies are driving us, whether we want to admit it or not. Think about your life and your goals. Ask yourself, did I always have these goals? And track your environment and see the connection to its goals. Now, in fairness, there's always people that are anti-environment. There's always people that are like, no, I do my own thing for sure. But most people, if you look at what you want in life, look at what you want in life. I remember growing up, I had a friend of mine who was like those kids that like play in the mud. You know, those guys that like when they're young, they like live in the mud. You know, those guys like salt of the earth. I remember salt of the earth, you know, just no concern for any, you know, materialism free. I remember he went to a high school. I remember like it was yesterday and the high school was like a very preppy high school. 
I went to visit him and as we sat in his room schmoozing, he was like, man, next year I'm losing all my weight. I'm going to buy fancy clothes. I'm like, what? Like, you're you. Like, what are you changing? He's in a new world. He's in a new world and he doesn't even realize it. I'm telling you, it's a very powerful exercise. Try it on yourself. Try it on yourself. Try to look at the things that you want, that you want, that you want. No one's telling you to do it. You just want it for yourself and then see its correlation to the environment that you're in. All of a sudden, like you want this. And then if you're, if you're like this, like if you're, if you're this type of person, I want you to be very sensitive to your, your desires and watch what happens when you go to a new environment. Watch what happens when like you go for the weekend to someone else's home. And this person is, has excelled at this thing and watch yourself say, Hey, why don't I do more of that? We are all so influenced by our environments but we're also so influenced by what we consider to be the trophy. What I want us to, to, to become are people whose trophy is the discomfort, right? That when the classroom switches from the answers matter because you put them on tests and then you get letters next to the right answers that say that you're smart and you bring that paper home with the letter that's the right letter next to your name and mom and dad go hooray you know that whole exercise called intellectual misconditioning where we're taught as kids that memorization is the way it's fine it's life we don't know what's in the kid's mind and it could do great for kids and it could destroy kids. It could destroy kids. And great teachers don't do this because great teachers know. Great teachers know how to get around this. But like the idea that you digest information, you spit it back, you put it on a piece of paper, someone gives you a grade and you walk around and either feel amazing or terrible about your ability to learn. It's good. It's just not great, but it's okay. That's what we have. And we have great teachers really that know how to navigate that world to give each kid what he or her, what he or she needs. We've got great parents that do the same, but the point is when that classroom shifts from memorize answer to think question, that shift that takes place in that little microenvironment now unlocks a part of the brain that allows the kid to look at two seemingly different bits of information where he, where, where he or she would have said, forget that. Let me just get to the answer. They're saying, hey, this could be a question. That's the change. So if we put it into our exercise, what we're doing right now, the environment that says get stuff, get stuff, get stuff, get stuff, get stuff. Quick, 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 quick. Easy, easy, easy. Comfortable, comfortable, comfortable. So whoever has the most stuff in the most comfortable way is the winner. That. It's wonderful for those that have it. It's just not growth. It's just not greatness. Yesterday, I was talking to a, a friend client of mine. And he was sharing with me this issue. About a employee that he has who just doesn't know how to get uncomfortable 
It's destroying, it's destroying the company. So when we shift from the goal is the most stuff in the easiest way to the goal is greatness through the path of discomfort, then if we get greatness without as, as much discomfort, then that's fine. But when that becomes what we are after, then when the discomfort comes, we're not blown by it. When we come home and it's hard to do X, Y, and Z, it doesn't throw us. We don't think there's something wrong with the relationship when it's not going smoothly. We don't think there's something wrong with the child when he is not flourishing at every single level of his life. We don't need something wrong with us because our career is not like skyrocketing in the way that we expect. We don't need something wrong with God because he doesn't answer in the way that I want in the timeline that I set for myself. It's a shift in the fact that I'm looking for the discomfort. I am looking for it. I am anticipating it. I am expecting it. And when the shift comes and we go from answers to questions, from resolutions to problems, when that becomes how we shift, we start looking at it very differently. So when you walk into your day, no, no, nobody wants pain. Let me distinguish between looking for pain. No one's looking for pain. No one's looking for suffering. No one's looking for, no one's looking for like things that are going to cause us, you know, a terrible, terribleness. Let's just leave that to the side. Because if you can mix that with challenge, it's going to blow the whole thing up. I'm talking about challenge. I'm talking about working out in life. Just let's leave it like that. So when you come to work, and there's no challenge that day. You go home and go, I really didn't push myself. And when you come to work and there is a challenge that day, you don't go, oh man, he didn't approve my project. They're fighting. This thing is still going on. No, you go, yeah, this is the game I'm in. And you come downstairs and the kid's struggling. When you call your friend and there's a problem, when you go to the community and there are issues, you're not going, really? This is a big deal when it comes to at least the Jewish community sometimes. People are like shocked that there are differences. Really? Yeah, there are differences. We were built to be different. God could have had one tribe. He didn't do it on purpose. But isn't that more challenging? Yeah, it's more challenging. He could have had one system of rules. He could have said, A, God could have handed us a law book and said, 1A, 1B, 1C, I know you're going to think this, don't do this, 1D, in 200 years, there's going to be microwaves. I know you're, don't, he could have done that. We do that in law school. There's something called rules and regulations. There is Civ Pro. There is a legislature. He made it ambiguous. You have to find laws through verses. He allows traditions. He allows a person from Sephardi descent to have rice on Pesach 
and a one from Ashkenazi to nod. He allows multiple books of laws written by multiple people in different communities that have distinguishing factors. He allows words said in the same prayers to be different. Isn't that contrary to peace and prosperity and unity? Yeah, at the surface. But when you see the challenges of taking disparate people and bringing them together, then you learn the deeper lesson of greatness and honor and respect for each other. Yeah, it'd be great if everyone was born the same way. You ever walk into a company and people don't know what you're talking about? It could be that the way they're wired is different than you. You could be married, related to be the child or the parent of somebody who was wired differently than you who doesn't see the world like not because they don't speak your language that they don't they don't live in your head they're not as extroverted or introverted analytical or 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 uh cognitively capable they they did they they live differently they're more sensitive to touch they're more sensitive to to emotion yeah we could have had one type but then we wouldn't grow So we're stuck in challenge all day, every day. That's how it works on purpose because that's where greatness comes in. In tonight's show, we're highlighting a great man. His name is Elimelech Goldberg. He's a superstar. He lost his child to cancer and it should have knocked him out, him and his wife, but it didn't. He actually rose and built after being involved in High Lifeline, built an organization called Kids Kicking Cancer. If you don't know what that is, Google it. And if you never heard of Ellie Melech Goldberg, Google him and sit down when you watch about him because it's going to blow you away watching this man teach martial arts to kids suffering from cancer, enabling them to get through the treatments. And they're little kids. He is not normal. He's not normal. Really, look if you show it, you'll see the show tonight and just look into him. Ellie Melech Goldberg. It's he wrote a book, and the book I believe is titled God Created an Imperfect World. A perfect God created an imperfect world perfectly. We should put that as a meme and send that around from him. A perfect God built an imperfect world perfectly. Because if it was perfect, we would have none to do. It's the challenge that makes us valuable. So we got to start to get excited for it. We got to start to appreciate it. Don't avoid it. Engage in it. Embrace it. That's why we're on this earth. I'm not saying we're going to hit everyone. I'm not saying we can get through everyone. I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm the last guy to say that we can do it all. I'm with you. And I also don't want my day to be challenging in the back of my mind. But let's put it to the front of our minds and say, that's wrong. We want, we want questions today. We want challenges today. And when you go through your day and you see the challenges come at you, 
you got you got to look at it like you're playing a video game and you're seeing the guys come at you and you, this is why you turned on the video game because if there's no bad guys you wouldn't put on the game this is why you're playing in the super bowl this is why you are who you are if we don't embrace the challenge and use that as our trophy we're never going to be able to see how we can change it all right we'll continue for those that are going to watch tonight, check it out, ShabbatShow.com. Um, other than that, tonight is a holiday, Lagba Omer. So happy early Lagba Omer to those that are, um, to everyone. And I hope we get to talk about a little bit more tomorrow. There's some great characters in the story that I hope uh, you guys are on for so we can talk it through. All right, everybody, have a great day. Take on the world today. Engage in those challenges. And with God's help, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.